you're listening to another freewheeling episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. This is the show where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it, with tales from all across the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. This is Kyle Munson, lifelong bicyclist and storyteller and longtime rider of the Register's annual Great Bicycle Ride Across Iowa, otherwise known as RAGBRAI, otherwise known as one of thousands of major summer events canceled because of COVID. Or, or is it? But before I say any more, I want you to hear this sound. Most of you probably recognize that sound as a trumpet, and some of you RAGBRAI veterans may be having flashbacks, maybe to a time you were struggling up a steep hill uh, in the middle of rural Iowa and suddenly heard the rocky theme blaring from up ahead as if urging you on despite your pain. Well, in the last decade, that trumpeter likely was Alicia Rao of New York City. The Iowa native is a professional trumpeter in the Big Apple, and she sat down for a great interview. She lives about 30 blocks from Central Park in Manhattan, so we talk about life on RAGBRAI, life during this pandemic, all of it. You also will have a chance to hear Alicia's trumpet on this year's RAGBRAI, yes, this year. Refusing to be thwarted by the pandemic, RAGBRAI in the last week announced that it's going online in 2020 for a special edition, RAGBRAI, Virtually the Best Bicycle Ride. Now, I'm not a font of knowledge about all this. My fellow Jisco bikers, Ann Lowry, Dieter Drake, and Andrea Parrott, have been hard at work to make this happen. Basically, what it means is riders can go to ragbri.com slash virtually the best, ragbri.com slash virtually the best, and prepare for a socially distant ride the last full week of July. Riders will be able to log daily miles, connect online, participate in goofy contests, and Alicia will be involved. She alludes to this in our interview, but to be honest, when we spoke, I had no idea all of this was happening, but it makes me happy to see it come to life. So let's get to my interview with Alicia. One note, be sure to listen all the way to the end. Kind of like a Marvel movie, I tucked one bonus RAGBRAI memory from Alicia at the tail end of the episode after the credits. It involves a dramatic rescue from an oncoming semi, so how could you resist? So here we are, Just Go Bike, Alicia Rao, the trumpeter of Ragbride. Well, I'm so happy to have Alicia Rao here on the Just Go Bike podcast, live from Manhattan, New York City. And I'm talking to her because she is one of thousands and thousands of people who will not be riding Ragbride, just like I will not be riding Ragbride this summer. Um... But she's a longtime presence on the ride, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Alicia. Thanks. It's great to be here. When was your first RAGBRAI? My first RAGBRAI was in 2009, if you count the first time I rode. Mm -hmm. If you count the first time I knew it existed and saw it passing by, I grew up in Iowa, so I always knew about it, but I didn't ride it until I moved to New York City and then (laughs) came back to Iowa. (laughs) Now, where, where did you grow up in Iowa? Shelby, Iowa, Southwest yeah. Iowa. So, well, I'm a fellow Southwest Iowan as well. So Pottawatomie County and, and Pottawatomie. Mills County. <laughs> That's, That's great. Right. 
Now, I'm talking to you in part because it's not just a bicycle that you bring to Ragbri. You also are a musician. And why don't you just tell listeners what you've become known for on Ragbri? Sure. So <laughs> at first it was just about getting through the ride. I had not ever done seven days in a row. But I no started to notice that there were so many school bands playing along the way and there were those occasional signature hills the killer hill that would be listed and i was like i need to bring my horn and i could play with the bands or play reveille in the morning maybe oh i could play on that hill and so i borrowed a pocket trumpet which is this it's basically the same size as a normal trumpet but it's wrapped up in a different shape so it looks smaller and i put it on a front bag of a bike of my bike and carried it along so i could jump off and play anytime. Uh, and then I started to think, well, now people are starting to recognize that person that plays. But when I'm on the bike, they don't know that I'm that person. And I want to connect with people as that person that played on that hill. So my dad made a custom made mount for the back of the bike. And that fit, it fits and holds securely that pocket trumpet. So now when I ride, you see the trumpet on the back of the bike, and you most likely will see a pair of bike shorts above it that say, nice brass. <laughs> <laughs> Classic so. Ragbri humor, and that's great. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> now, do you remember your, so a trumpeter on Ragbri, do you remember your first Ragbri performance? I definitely remember one of the first ones was one of those 101 degree it's so humid, it could be rain, oh, that's humidity in my swim. <laughs> A soup of, of heat days where I pulled off with a friend of mine and we got watermelon that someone was giving away, just a small you know farm that had watermelon. And I thought, this is a good time to play that trumpet that I've been carrying all day, waiting for the right time to play. And th that was when I started to see the, the effect that it had on people because, you know, whether you're stinking hot <laughs> or you're you've seen enough hills for one day or when you had a headwind for the last 20 miles on a straight iowa road if you suddenly come around a curve or see that hill but then you hear someone playing theme from rocky in, i'll talk about ragbri in the third person you see ragbri speed up is that, it the third person or the first person yeah, third person yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, well, no, that's true. Ragbri is like kind of this creature, and you watch all the bicyclists, and so you, yeah, you're playing your trumpet, and you see the behavior change just uh, ripple across uh, through all the riders, right? You really do. You really do. And and what's funny is when I jump off on the top of a killer hill, and as you know, you just see waves and waves of cyclists, and I start to play, and the entire bubble speeds up, and people just kind of sit up higher, and they start to cheer up and speed up. And then I don't know how to stop. <laughs> I have to keep going. I'm riding to the end as well, but I see thousands of cyclists still getting at the bottom of the hill starting, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pull t take all this motivation away from you. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I've been there. So I've been those in those uh, shoes, and uh, those biking shoes before, where I've uh, – I remember – it might have been even last year, a hill coming out of Atlantic, Iowa, and you were at the top of the hill playing in, in a morning, kind of a maybe a gray, slightly overcast morning. And, you know, people stop and they film you or they give you a high five or they ring a bicycle bell or, or they yeah, probably they throw you song requests and all that kind of they thing. They do. They do. That, that's another good one. So, I, so part of the inspiration for this is if you're riding Ragbri for a week but you're a professional musician, you're not going to get to practice 
And as a trumpet player, that's a very muscular instrument. And it's scary to give, kind of give that up for a week. It's wonderful to have a vacation and have this amazing experience, but I have to give up part of what's my profession. So suddenly I get to play in a different way and I will, will, will stop it at a beer stop at the, you know, the beer gardens or a lunch stop. And there's people that are college friends from 20 years ago talking and they say, oh, hey, do you know the Michigan fight song? Or can you play the Iowa State fight song? And, and I'll say, well, sing it to me. And they'll sing it. And then I'll say, sing it one more time. And they sing it. And then I say, okay, I'll play it. And you buy me a beer. And so <laughs> it's excellent training for me because it's, for me, it's ear training and perhaps a free beer. And it gives people a chance to you know, reminisce with their with their college fight songs. So, I love that. I did not think yeah. about the, uh, the the bonus of uh, of kind of like beer money along the way. That is even better. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're helping out Ragbri humanity and and also uh, getting a free beer uh, from town to town. That's perfect. It's just great. It's great for everyone. <laughs> so, what's uh, do you remember? Can you remember like one of the strangest song requests you ever got? The uh, fight song. That's a good. The fight song is a good example. Um, I imagine like pop songs or who knows what they well, might throw at you. People ask me to play taps on the hill. I'm like, I'm not play taps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or um, what else is there? Uh, I have to look this one up. Okay. This is this is. Uh, oh, actually, here I have it. I have it on this. Let me give me a sec. So you're holding what looks like a is that your this pocket is, trumpet or This is the pocket trumpet and on the bell is a teeny 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 tiny cheat sheet. <laughs> because when it's hot and you've pedaled all day and you're on your fifth day and you pull off and you want to play something sometimes your brain has no recollection of anything in the music world of your life. So the cheat sheets come in handy. <laughs> There's one that I've got to find if you give me a minute. I just love that you're able to fit that on the bell of that tiny trumpet. Well, do you see me squinting? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? Sorry. That's okay. Rocky Rocky Top is one that someone requests. Rocky Top. And I never knew it, so I had to learn Rocky Top. And that's one of the odd ones. That's good. Like That's an old Americana tune, if I'm remembering the right one. So. That's good. So, you know, let's. I should fill in some of the back story here because I never asked you why are you a musician in the first place, let alone bicycling across Iowa and playing tunes. But how did you end up a professional musician in the heart of New York City? Sure. So I grew up with a very in a very musical family, and the youngest of six girls, and everyone's artistic. And my parents are, mom and dad sing my dad played the accordion my mom sings in church so music was a part of us growing up and uh in fifth grade you get to choose an instrument and i chose the trumpet and flew with it (laughs) and then uh open enrolled to harlan high school uh because they had such a strong music program for my last two years of high school and then went to iowa music major anthropology major and had lived in West Africa while I was in college and studied trumpet one summer in LA, but I had not yet done the New York scene. So I came here on an internship after my last year of college just to try it out. And that was in 2001. So I think I'll stay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
And you've so you since then you've been a professional musician based in New York, right? Yes, that and that's no small accomplishment, I would imagine. Thank you. Uh, It feels like no small accomplishment, but it still feels like so much room to grow and improve, which is kind of the beauty of music, I guess. You know, or or the beauty of being in a career that you love because there's just always more to to learn from it. So it's. it feels accomplished. It also feels like a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, as it should. Any good craft should feel like that. There's room yeah, right. to pursue it the rest of your life, right? Right, right. So, I mean, what has been the majority of your work as a professional musician since 2001? It's There's a bit of a variation, but it's a lot of, I would say, there's jazz, there's pop and rock, and then there's some church gigs as well. For example, during these last two months, I had to give up a lot of uh, rock dance gigs, wedding gigs, jazz trio gigs of my own band doing jazz, jazz music, uh, but then also Eastern music. So that's a bit more of a classical angle. Um, it varies. Yeah. And yeah, you mentioned this, of course, we're living through this wild, unpredictable, always changing year. And uh, have have you been able to cope with no gigs uh, in the lockdown? And have you done kind of some of the virtual work? Or what's it been like for you? I have found some interesting ways to cope. Uh, Not necessarily paying gigs, but um, on average, I have about four gigs a week on a normal month. So as as we can imagine, that all halted very quickly. Uh, And then I started playing for what I call clappy hour. So there's this rumbling at 7 p.m. in New York where people get on their balconies or step out of their front door or lean out their window and cheer. It's during the changeover of staff with the frontline workers just to cheer them on. And I I feel like it started that way and then became a thing of not just cheering them on but kind of cheering each other on, like, stuck here, but we're not alone. Yeah, and, uh, right. <laughs> So I started playing. I went onto my roof for the first week and played every time, every day at seven. And then they closed the roof. And then my neighbor said, "We can play out my window because he's on almost the top floor." So it felt it could, I could still play across the city. And then I started exploring places to go to play that felt safe. Um, and then on a rainy day, I would just play out my own window. And I did that for almost sixty days straight. I didn't take one day off. Wow for two months and uh so i guess you could say i had a gig every night (laughs) yeah no that's 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 uh that's touching i mean i love the term clappy hour too um what did you play i mean was it always something different or was there something you came back to is that was uh that spoke to you in the moment i i i kind of started to make a list so the first couple of days i just did this kind of call to order call to arms thinking with the changing over of the staff and then I thought, well, let me play uh, We Shall Overcome, and let me play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and then I started making a list. So I would go from, I, di- I actually did uh, If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands, and yeah. I did uh, Theme from Rocky, I did a few, I, I did a few Rag Bri tunes. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I went between spiritual to uh, funky, just to uplift, to the old standards, just to kind of connect across the board. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, you mentioned doing some ragbri tunes. I wondered if in that moment, obviously so many things about it feel unprecedented, but I wondered if 
being a musician in that situation reminded you a little bit of the collective call or spirit of rag break not in the same serious much different context but reaching out to people sort of similar i don't know maybe not you if you could see the goosebumps that i just now have that would give you your answer because it so reminds me of rag riot and no it's very different and not don't want to minimize either scenario but the the emotion and the power of music i guess that i felt because what I do, for example, every night on Rag Riot in where I camp, I find the nice hill that looks over about a thousand tents and I play, I choose one song per night during dusk and play taps. And it felt like that you could, cause I would look across the city and listen and, and start to hear people clapping or cheering. And so then I'd start to join in and very much, it very much felt the same mm. in a very different way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I imagine... Is there any, and different from like most of your professional gigs, there, I mean, there must be times where you, obviously you see music move people and in your, in venues or in your paying gigs, whatever, although maybe not ever in quite the same way, or is there anything that compares to these public performances like in a ragbri or in your community that you're talking about? Or how is it different? For example, the Clappy Hour, after about a week, I started live streaming it. So it wasn't just, I'm going to play a little on the roof. It was, okay, wait, now there are friends in Iowa. and Oh, there's somebody in Florida watching. Oh, there's somebody in Germany watching. <laughs> and once you hit start, there's, that's it. <laughs> you have to, so, so that felt like a live performance. And then you'd see that people were responding, like chiming in on the live stream. Um, but at the same time, I was just looking out either my window or standing in Central Park so not really knowing what the vibe was, how it was being received. Whereas when you're performing on a stage, if you're looking across a packed crowd, you can feel their energy. So it's real. It's very different, but it's also quite parallel in that live sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Now, I so I would imagine that you're a musician first and a bicyclist second. Would you agree with that? I guess. Well. <laughs> <laughs> It depends on the year. There were a few years where I got very, very into cycling and I felt a little uh, ashamed, uh, felt guilty for my trumpet because I couldn't see it judging me (laughs) (laughs) as I'd leave the apartment with my bike. But lately in the last couple of years, the the gigs really have just propelled and inspired me to really focus more. So the bike has taken the second seat. What made you a rabid bicyclist? What do you get from bicycling that music doesn't give you? You know, it can be so meditative for me. Um, I'm a very busy body when I'm in my apartment. Uh, I'm getting even set up on stage for a gig. I'm kind of zoom, 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 zoom. And I can get on the bike and it's a different kind of zoom, zoom, zoom. It's, it, you know, you're not looking at your phone. You're not looking at your computer. And you're just kind of letting the trees go past you and, and the view of the road go past. And so especially growing, you know, not growing up, sorry, living in in the city in a high-rise building, it's nice to get out and just smell the trees and hear the birds and smell the cabs and hear the cabs. Wait, that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to ask what your favorite ride is in New York. I mean, is it like an urban ride and through the parks and everything else like that? Typically, if I yeah, if I have an hour, my favorite would be to go to Central Park. I'm about thirty blocks from 
the start of Central Park, so I can ride there pretty quickly and do the the loop inside the park is six miles, so I can do that loop as many times as I want. And you, it's big enough that you are in nature inside it. You're not, you're not really feeling like you're in the city. You are in the park fully. Yeah. And do you have do you have a favorite uh, bicycling memory from uh, Iowa from riding Ragbri? Like I, for instance, I have a I always have well I have many different scenes in my head, but one is like near Decorah one morning where the mist is just kind of peeling off the landscape, and I'm zooming down a hill and. Uh, just it's kind of all just unfurling in front of me, that kind of a thing. Anything to compare from your rides across Iowa? Yeah, yeah, there are there are three that come to mind. Do I have room to give you three? Sure. Hey, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're good. So, yeah, rattle them off. <laughs> so one is a similar to yours, that misty morning when the fog still sits in the, in the, the valleys, if we're in the hilly parts of Iowa, and it just looked like who's the famous artist that draws? Grant, no Grant Wood or no somebody else? I'm I'm bad with names. That's oh. okay. That's okay. Anyway, it's an art. Looks it looks artistic. But, it looks like an artistic landscape it's almost. Just, it's beautiful. Yeah, and that was one of those. That was just a a moment, and where you you connect with the person you're riding with, or the people you're passing a bit, or they're passing. You're just going, wow. Like even if you don't know that person, you're like, yes. <laughs> I'm sunburned and my derriere hurts, but this is amazing. Um, and then another one that involves the trumpet is, uh, you know, there are always those great breakfast stops where somebody finds a big lawn, a farm that has a great spot where you can, they put down blankets and you can sit and eat your burrito, eat your drink your coffee. And hopefully there's a cornfield nearby, which I prefer over the kaibos or the porta potties so i decided to go into the corn and i snuck my pocket trumpet into my jersey so while i was in there after i finished whatever i needed to do (laughs) i got myself ready and started playing the saints go marching in from the corn (laughs) freaking people people out (laughs) oh they were i mean i didn't see it but my friends told me that they were sitting on there you know just eating their their burrito, enjoying the morning view of the bikes passing by. And then there's the saints go marching in brass coming out of the corn. And they were like, what is going on? It's like some weird, some weird field of dreams moment, like ghost, a ghost player of a different kind coming out of the corn. Uh, Yeah. I still, still have people come up to me and say, I remember that moment. (laughs) Um, So those are two great memories. The third one, um, I don't remember now. See, I have a bad memory. That's okay. No, that was that was good. When the Saints, so you could have different punctu, uh, punctuation for that. When the Saints go, comma marching, you know, when they go to the restroom in the corner, whatever. Bad, bad grammar joke. Um, that was good. <laughs> so, have you? Is there any other place on the planet Earth that you like to ride your bike besides New York and Iowa? Any place you've taken uh, your two wheels elsewhere? I have taken my two wheels to. Uh, Thailand. Wow. That was amazing. Very beautiful. And um, also Spain, which was great. Mm. Mm. Mallorca. So, and, and in Mallorca, we were climbing the mountains and then coming down the mountains, and there was a hailstorm. And it was suddenly just like the road was covered in hail and ice, and there were goats everywhere, and they <laughs> kind of hid in their little caves and looked at us like, why are you still riding? <laughs> <laughs> Smart goat. I suppose at least in that 
instance you have a helmet, that's one thing, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad I had a helmet. It was one of, one of those things. It's like when you have a rainy day on Rag Rai. Once you start, you just commit to the day. It's hard to maybe start, but once you're out, you just like, nope, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to be soggy, but I'm going to pedal to the end. And it was like, this is easier to just keep going slowly and safely than try to stop and fall while I'm getting off on this crazy hail storm. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's so true. Yeah. The last year, the first day of Ragbri, I spent most of it with like a giant yellow poncho that was flapping behind me in the breeze and wasn't doing a great job of keeping the rain off uh and it wasn't very aerodynamic but but i kept going i remember i remember seeing people like that (laughs) maybe even being one of them (laughs) so what are you what are you doing this summer with no rag bry um and everything else going on obviously do you have any alternative bicycling plans or or other plans for the the first non-rag bry summer we've had in decades um I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm working a bit with with uh, some people with Ragbri and the Pork Bellies. Oh, I, I camp with Pork Belly Ventures, and mm-hmm. so you know we're looking as to some options of what we could do during the summer, during the fall. So I'm hoping to be able to be a part of that, whether it's by being there or through you know the interwebs somehow connecting. Um, and until I figure that out, I'm definitely riding around here i have a commuter bike as well as my road bike that i've been so happy to have that because i just don't i'm not ready to get on the subway trains and it's just great to have my bike yeah yeah that's true yeah uh, so i feel like i well i have three i have three questions at least i should ask you there's one that everybody in this podcast gets asked and it's an easy one but first you mentioned all these as a trumpeter you mentioned all these genres do you have a favorite genre, style of music, or artist? I don't because I have so many, I think. Mm-hmm. And the minute I listen to jazz and just be like, yes, this is great, then I'll hear an, a, a killing Chicago tune and just love like a little bit more of the, the, the rock and pop venues and the genres, I mean. And, um, and then I get to go do an Easter gig, and, and that feels great. So it, it just, I love it all. Yeah. Um, I would say initially when I was young, I was most inspired by jazz, and that's what got me going further. So maybe that's the the guts of my yeah drive. That's your core spirit. Okay. And yeah. then, so then I'll try to make you choose as a bicyclist too. What do you prefer, like uh, steel, carbon frame, aluminum? What What's your preferred biking style? See, and my answer is going to show you I don't like to choose <laughs> because I, when I get on my road bike, which is carbon fiber, I love it. It feels great. But when I get on my, you know, heavy, it's like a, it's a Gary Fisher mountain bike with saddlebags and it has a, 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 a saddlebag type thing in the front that's a cooler so I can carry lunch with me if I want to. And uh, that one, I just love when I'm on that one, except I get passed by all the cyclists. But, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like music, whatever I'm, do, whichever one I'm on or whichever one I'm doing, I am li- loving and living fully, I think. Yeah. Well, it makes sense for a professional musician's mindset. I think the right instrument for the right gig too. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. I've, I've learned that in the last 
years. <laughs> All right. So the third and probably the easiest question, everybody gets asked this on the Just Go Bike podcast. What is your favorite kind of pie? Oh, gosh. I have to choose one of those, too. Yes. And I know, being, being a Ragbri veteran, I know that you've had exposure to many varieties at many different small-town pie stands and church stands and everything else. Mm-hmm. So if I'm on Ragbri and I see a rhubarb, I'm the rhubarb because I love a rhubarb pie. If I'm somehow able to find a place where they they can keep things cool and bypass perhaps the rules, the cream pies, man, I love the cream pies. You don't see those as much on rag rice, so that's right. I'm, a big, I'm a big cream pie, like a banana cream pie. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. No, you're right. I think you identified two excellent choices. And, and yeah, that's true. In, in the heat of summer, the cream pies are just so much harder to to, uh, to not poison Regulate. people. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Let, let's ask you. What's your favorite? Oh, boy, that's tough. You know, a, a strawberry rhubarb is good. Gooseberry. I kind of like, I focus, oh. if I see a gooseberry option, I will go for that on right, right, because it's a little bit more rare. Um, it is rare. That's a good point. So... I, a little gooseberry pie and a dollop of ice cream. Call it call it a good day. Can't call that a bad day at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for this uh, conversation, Alicia. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope we get to hear your trumpet tunes egging us on on a you know a steep hill in Iowa next year for sure. Um, you know, if not some situation later on this year, if it works out, but thanks for sitting down and taking the time to chat. It's my pleasure. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network. Okay, Just Go Bike listeners, I wasn't kidding. Here's one final ragbri memory from our favorite trumpeter. But the valves screw on and off and the mouthpiece comes on and off. So whenever I have to get saddled up to go again, I have to make sure the valves are tight and the mouthpiece is taken out. I put it in my bike pocket. One time I forgot to take the mouthpiece out and we were riding along and I heard, you know, if, if you hear a piece of metal hit the ground and ching, 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 and I wondered what was that? And then I went, oh, my mouthpiece. And we looked back and there was a semi truck coming and we were like, go, 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 you have to get it. Yeah. That's a unique Ragbri story. I've never heard saving a a mouthpiece from an oncoming semi truck. That's That's a first. That's a first. And then this last year, the first day, which was rainy, one of the valves fell out on the first 15 miles. And there's, you, I need the valves. It's, it's like saying, oh, one of your tires came off, but just finish the ride. You have to have <laughs> the valves. And the, these pocket trumpets are not, are not, they are unique. You can't just say, let's go to the store and find another valve. It was like, you have to find another pocket trumpet. And on Ragray, which is kind of its own bubble, and on a Sunday where a lot of things are closed anyway, and it has to fit the custom-made mount that your dad made you. 
and I didn't know what to do. And my mom called, because we were close to my family's house at the time, and my mom called my high school jazz band director. <laughs> Just in case. Wait if you'd have one. I hope we get a hold of him. It's Sunday. And he answered, and he said, I actually have a trumpet, pocket trumpet on my desk. It's a decoration. You can come try it and see if it works. <laughs> that is this one. So oh, the my gosh. day of rag ride. That was a right, what I call a rag bright magical moment. So you know, for sure. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that story. That's yeah, great. that was the that was the third memory that I had forgotten.